time it is regulators podcast thank you as always for joining us i am waldo i am your host appreciate you guys joining us if you are new to the regulators podcast if you are new to the mount up world i want to just kind of set the stage for this season so you understand a little bit about our show and a little bit about what you can expect from us so let's start with the fact that you will not hear cuts in this show. I treat this pretty much as a live show because life is live and we don't really get the opportunity to have cuts and fix our errors on the spot as um, some people wish they could. So from time to time you will hear me pause. Sometimes it is for deep reflection, but other times it is merely to take another drink of rum. No, I will not tell you the brand of rum because they are not sponsoring us at this time. But if you are a representative of a rum company and you would like to supply the Regulators podcast with an official drink, feel free to reach out. We are whores for money and we will blast the shit out of your product. Now, outside of that one capitalist, selfless, uh, selfish endeavor, I will say that this show is a little bit different than a lot of things that you will listen to. For example, one thing that you will never, and notice I'm using that word, I am not a Sith, I don't deal in absolutes, but if I'm using the word never, that that means I mean it. You will never, on this show, hear a power rankings list. You will never see it on our Twitter feed at Regulators Pod on Twitter. You will not see any type of power rankings, top 10 list, any kind of bullshit clickbait that is obviously there just to get people in an uproar and arguing over, oh my gosh, can you believe who they left off the list? This list is bullshit. It's, it's all crap. Everybody does it for clicks. Everyone do- And listen, if we did it, hell, our our engagements on Twitter would go from, you know, 4 million to 30 million, I'm sure. Like, but that's not who we are. That's not the type of show that I want to do. It's it's baseless, meritless. It's just completely dumb and we don't do those type of things on this fucking show. So, that's that's the main thing that you got to understand. Um outside of that, this is a very colorful show it is not for the weak-hearted there are definitely some things that i say that from time to time i will get calls from our wonderful social media consigliere who will uh tell me i i shouldn't have said those things um and i gotta take a couple laps but in general it's a fun show we we have a lot of things to discuss throughout the season we go through every single match you know Weekly matchups in the NFL, every single game we're going to cover. We're going to cover last week's games, every single one. We're going to talk about fantasy. We're going to talk about point spreads. Everything that you need for your NFL fucking week, we got you covered. But we just do it without the clickbait, without the stupid bullshit debates that nobody really believes in. 
it's just it's not going to happen here. I'm going to tell you guys how I feel and I'm going to break down a lot of the things that I notice. And if you notice something that I don't, by all fucking means, this is what we have the Twitter page for. So hit us up at Regulators Pod. Say, hey, you left an important component out. I'm not the smartest guy in the fucking world. I think I do okay. I got a couple degrees. I get around, you know. But by no means am I the smartest guy in every room or in every fucking podcast even though I'm the only person speaking on this podcast. So for tonight, I am the smartest person in the fucking room. Unless, you know, somebody stops by and knocks on the door, then then it might change. But I'm getting off on a tangent. Um, definitely engage with us on Twitter. Let us know what we're missing, what we're not covering. If there's a story that you think is getting downplayed or isn't talked about enough or just something that, you know, you feel we didn't go deep into enough or we didn't see a proper perspective on, hit us up. Let us know. We always try to work those things into the show. We get a lot of DMs from different listeners saying, hey, can you mention this or can you talk more about this, etc. We always try to work it into the show because this show was created for the NFL fan. There are 32 teams out there. Everybody's got their different loyalties and allegiances, and that's great, and I respect that. But I always noticed over the year, over the years, that on the major networks, they talked about the same four or five teams every fucking show. Every show, even on networks that are 365 days a year dedicated to football, why are you talking about the same five or six teams over and over the fuck again? And a lot of players get missed, a lot of teams get missed, a lot of things that are happening around the league. So that was why I ultimately started this NFL podcast. So that means that we talk about every single team. And especially during the season, like I said, every single matchup, every point spread, we're going to talk about fantasy. We're going to talk about everything. So no matter who your team is, I guarantee you, from week one all the way through, we got you covered. So... Let's talk about all the things that are going on this week as we approach week one of the regular season in the NFL. First of all, are you watching Hard Knocks? Like, this is this is just pure entertainment to me. Anybody who's not watching Hard Knocks is missing out. If you don't have HBO, I get it. Get a friend or a family member to slide you the password and try to work it out. Because even the old ones, if you go back and watch some of the most entertaining content uh, that we'll ever see. And if you understand the amount of work that goes into producing just one hour-long episode, the amount of recordings they take, the uh, the amount of work is just truly unprecedented. And I actually was working for the Miami Dolphins back when they were on Hard Knocks. And, I mean, cameras everywhere and NFL film crews everywhere. It's just... It's amazing that they get all this stuff and then try to fit it into this nice, neat little hour-long episode. So if you're not watching, definitely tune into that. And, you know, I was watching last week. Have you guys seen uh, Frank Ragnow, the, um, the lineman that they have there with Detroit? Man, this looks like a bitch that I'd hang out with. Like, I just want to have a beer with this guy. Like... If he wasn't a professional athlete, I don't know what he would be doing with his life, but I would like to believe he would run some kind of shop or store or something mechanical where 
he could take some sand and oil and a few pipes and like fix something like I like I don't know I just I just feel like I feel like he's definitely somebody who could like fix a tractor you know what I mean like breaks down no no we got a patch we'll fix it like like I think he's that kind of guy but he definitely seems like the kind of guy you'd want to go have a beer with he's funny as hell to watch um and speaking of funny man coach Campbell like I go 50-50, and I'd love to know what you guys think about that. Like, first of all, I'm rooting for Dan Campbell. I want him to succeed more than anybody. Like, I, w- I would love to see it happen. I love his passion. I love his uh, enthusiasm, and I love that he is authentic. He is 100% not playing a bit, not playing a character. He is who he is. But he takes that extreme so far. I mean, it's in the little things. It's in the fact that, you know, Josh Reynolds is the serpent of fucking death. Like, everything's got to be turned up 10 notches. Everybody's got a nickname that's way over the top. Everybody's, you know, going to have their ass dragged out to the middle of the ocean and drowned like a bitch. Like, everything is just crazy. And I know that that's there, and I know he fires the players up, and I get that. But I wonder, is he... Is he capable of doing, like we've talked about on the show before, the other parts of being an NFL head coach? Is he able to diagnose everything that the other teams are doing and understand how to combat it and notice the little details? And I'm not saying that he's dumb. I'm not saying that he's not qualified. Like, all I'm saying is it's an unknown. I'm agnostic about it. Like, I, again, I've talked about, I'm, I'm sure he's learned a lot from... Sean Payton, I'm sure that, you know, his experience in the league has has given him a lot, and I am in no way implying that he's not an intelligent guy. Um, But it's the same question I have with every single coach when they come in. It's like, okay, they handled this position group or they did this job, but are they able to be an NFL head coach, which is a very, very tough job. Um, So we'll see. But definitely excited to watch... um, the newest episode of Hard Knocks, and see what kind of nonsense Campbell is getting into now. I know that I, I, I saw a clip, a trailer for the most recent episode. I haven't watched it yet, but I know he's got like a pair of pants that's full of like powder or dust, and he's he's flapping them and saying, we got to get all the bad stuff out of here. And I'm like, okay, dude, like it. At some point, I wonder if the players go, all right, man, we get it. Like, like we get it. But either way, I'm sure you guys will check that out. I don't want to make this whole episode about that. But let's talk about another media moment that I absolutely loved. And something came across my TikTok timeline this week, and it was Jay fucking Cutler, which Jay Cutler continues to be goaded. Like, you know, he he got a lot of shit in the league, and there were lots of memes, and they were great memes. I mean, I created some of the memes myself. Like, I thought they were fantastic. They were amazing. They were great. But ever since he's left the league, and we've learned a little bit about his personal life and his divorce, and, you know, which I don't get into the TMZ stuff. Like, that's that's not what I'm about. But when you hear some of the stories about what allegedly went down and how he played it and stuff, you're like, okay, this guy stays winning. And just to give you another recent example, here is a clip from a podcast. I believe it's called uh, Sophia with an F with Sophia Franklin. 
And this is the clip. Did he like freeze her bank accounts or That's something? That's completely untrue. <laughs> that is so no. far from the truth. It's not even close. Why? Like, doesn't it say that in the court documents? Uh, I don't know. I've never read them. But you didn't want to give her the $5 million house or some shit. Oh, uh, she got it. Oh, she did? Yeah. Okay, are you looking for a new wife? Because we can't get divorced <laughs> and I would like a $5 million house. And <laughs> so what do you think? Are you good with kids? Do I have kids? Are you good with kids? Amazing. We can talk later. Bruh, the we can talk later. Yeah, I'll let you will. So first of all, the fact that she was ready to risk it all, like as soon, oh, oh she got the $5 million hat, like, oh, how you doing, you know? And then when he says to her, you know, well, are you good with kids? Because obviously he's a father. And what she hears is, do you want to have my baby? Like, oh, do I, do I have kids? Um, am I fertile? Um, what, what? I'm sorry, what? Um, amazing. Just, just absolutely amazing. And I wish you could see the video. I'm sure you can go and you can find it, uh, especially if you go to Sophia's page. But just amazing the way her 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 tune changed, you know, just so quick, like her body language, just everything. And it was like, oh, oh, maybe this guy isn't such a piece of shit. And maybe maybe I can get a five million dollar house. How you doing? I'm great with kids. I'm great. So I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was amazing. Um so keep doing you, Jay Cutler. I see you out there, homie. Um, let's talk about some actual football. So the Carolina Panthers named Baker Mayfield as the starter, and I don't think anybody was really surprised there. I mean, if Sam, I, I, if Sam Darnold was your day one starter, then somebody fucked up really bad somewhere. And even though you, like a dumbass, gave up multiple picks for Sam Darnold, that's neither here nor there. We've talked about that on the show. I, I don't even have the energy or the time, nor the inclination to get into that right now on this show. But Baker is the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, which is the best thing for the team. And you have to wonder, fantasy-wise, how that's going to affect the wide receivers, how that's going to affect the overall offense. I think that CMC still... If he's healthy, and that's the big question, but if he's healthy, I think brings so much to that offense that I think Baker can really carve some shit up, and I think their offense will be really fun to watch this year. Now, the only thing disappointing for me out of Carolina this week was the fact that both Baker and Sam Darnold were benched going into last week's preseason game, so they completely fucked up my parlay. I had a nice parlay. I had everything else. All I needed was the Panthers, but they decided to sit everybody that could play quarterback, so therefore, I did not win that one. But that's okay. We crushed it last week, and we're going to crush it this season, so make sure you are following us and listening to the podcast for the best betting tips this week. Now, let's switch over to the New York Giants. Now, one of the things that happened recently is Madden released their annual bullshit of repackaging a game and calling it something new and asking people to spend 60 or $70 on it or whatever it costs for the ultimate, ultimate uh, platinum edition with a pair of John Madden's underwear. 
you know, if you like Madden, more power to you. But the game is pretty much trash. It's always been trash. And I don't have the time to get into 2K and to have these debates. If you want to do it sometime, we can do it in a live space. I'd love to go over the details. But if you know, you know. Having said that, the hilariousness of all the videos that get posted on Twitter of people trying to play Madden and just horrific shit happening every single year right around this time, it's just amazing. You get things where they catch the developers who used the same background from the previous year and it actually has the previous year's like year on it and they just they miss that, you know, all that money and all those people you pay and leave it to some fucking idiot at home to find that and and post it on the internet. But there's all kinds of funny videos that everybody's posting under Madden and there's this one you can go to our Twitter page, you can see it we posted it on the timeline. It's just amazing. So this guy is playing as the Giants and he is running the ball with Saquon, makes a couple moves, and that's it. He's into the clear. It's going to be a touchdown. He's going he's to run completely away from the defense, and that's it. He's going to go like 70 yards. He's going to house it, right? The only person in between him and the end zone is Kenny, Gall Kenny Galladay. And Kenny Galladay obviously was running a deeper route, you know, and then now he's, he's the last person there. Now, he's on his team, so that shouldn't be an issue, right? Wrong! Kenny Galladay, in the Madden video game, in this clip, sticks out his leg and trips Saquon Barkley. And I fucking died. Because you know, like, you can picture this happening to someone where they just throw their controller through the window, they smash their Xbox, like... It's just amazing. It's just absolutely incredible. Go check it out on the timeline. It was fucking hilarious. And if you have funny Madden glitches or things that are happening, be sure to send us, uh, send the, those to us because I always enjoy them. Now, sticking with the NFC East theme, how about the Philadelphia Eagles? So I have always been a long support, uh, a strong supporter. Of, I swear, it's only my third drink. Um, strong supporter of Gardner Minshew. And I'm not saying he's better than Jalen Hurts. I'm not saying he's going to take the starting job. But it was nice to see him get out there this past week. 14 of 17, 142 yards. I like him, man. And we've, we've talked about on the show, when you look at his body of work, his small sample size body of work, it stacks up against a lot of fucking guys, including people that are starting in the fucking NFL. So I think he's a talent there. I mean, you hope that Jalen Hurts, I have no reason to doubt that Jalen is going to do amazing. I think that it's it's going to be great. But God forbid something happens. I think they're in a great position with Gardner Minshew. I think he's actually a really good backup. And... You know, we'll see if he stays a backup for the rest of his career, but it was nice to see what he could put together on tape this past week. Talking about putting some things on tape, Cavante Turpin. Did you watch the Cowboys game? So this guy was the MVP of the USFL. I think he was with uh, New Jersey Generals or something like that, but this guy had not one, but two 
returns for a touchdown in last week's game. He had a kick return and a punt return for a touchdown. And I mean, you talk about quickly earning your spot on that roster when you come into a team. This guy just cemented it, like, to the house twice. So he's going to be a lot of fun to watch with the Dallas Cowboys. Special teams never hurts. Um, Some bad news for an NFC East team. The Washington Commanders have unfortunately put Chase Young on the PUP list, so he's going to miss at least four games heading into the 2022 season. Obviously, it's tough. The defensive line is supposed to be one of the strong points there in Washington, but they're going to have to start the season without Chase Young. Another team that had to do without one of their players was the Seattle Seahawks last week. So Drew Locke got COVID. He wasn't able to play. And you have to wonder if that will come back to bite him in the ass because that means that Geno Smith is getting more playing time. And at some point, is he gaining ground on that starting position? Will this be Geno Smith? I know everybody just kind of automatically assumed that it was Drew Locke in the beginning, and maybe it still will be, but Drew Locke not being out there, I'm sure, had to at least impact in some way his projection to be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks this year. Now, someone who's not a starter, but who looked very good, was Travis Homer, the running back. So I think he only carried the ball five times, but had 44 yards He's a great, very deep handcuff, depending on in fantasy if you're in a very deep league. Travis Homer is someone that you could definitely stash on your roster for a rainy day. Um, Someone you're not going to have on your fantasy roster and who probably won't make it on an NFL roster is Josh Rosen. So Josh Rosen was 7 of 20 for the Cleveland Browns, and I mean, it's Josh Rosen. I think he's on his sixth team so far in like three or four years in the league so it's it's not it's not gonna be good man it's not gonna be good he he might be playing for his let let me put this way if josh rosen makes it to his seventh team i gotta really question what scouts are doing in the nfl i really have to like there's nobody there's nobody out there that maybe backup quarterback or somewhere on your roster. Nobody? Nobody? Nah. I don't think so. So, Josh Rosen is going to be ejecto cedo cuz. And while we're talking about the Browns, there's something near and dear to my heart that after much discussion with our content consigliere, Whatever his fucking title is. I told him, I don't care. I'm doing it. So, this is my petition. This is my plea to rich, mostly white men. Shut the fuck up. Just, just, can you shut the fuck up? I don't know what it is about these rich white dudes honestly think they are so fucking amazing that we want their opinion that we need their opinion and that their opinion is just so good that they gotta get it out to us um 
you see it in politics, you see it in celebrity bullshit where some celebrity comes out to talk about why we should be living our lives this way or that way or whatever and you know don't don't fucking judge me Keanu Reeves like you you don't know my life and Keanu Reeves is amazing like I was just a name that I I, I pulled out of out of my ass um I have I have no shade towards Keanu Reeves actually I hear he's quite an amazing human being but in general you understand what I'm saying rich white people just shut the fuck up just just shut the fuck up. and most of you literally have people on staff whose sole job it is to tell you to shut the fuck up just just shut the fuck up don't tweet don't say it don't like just 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 don't and i'm going to give you a classic example of this so browns are having their like after practice press conference right you know where you hear from like the coach or the gm right gm's up there he's taking some questions and here comes jimmy haslam the owner of the browns walks over in front of the reporters he wasn't asked to speak nobody was asking him a question he just decided to insert himself into the conversation with no prepared remarks and no script to read nothing and just decides he wants to say something because the Deshaun Watson news has come down. It's going to be 11 games, etc. And some people aren't happy about it and want him to never play again, you know, in the league. And what Haslam said was basically to the tune of, well, everyone, listen, everyone deserves a second chance. And, you know, people want to ruin this guy's life. What he's never supposed to play football again, etc., etc. And I, and I have no problem with like him saying that or his stance or anything. But if he had time to prepare his remarks, if he had time to meet with his PR people and just release a statement, he wouldn't have said the following. He says, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, he's only getting a second chance because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. And at that point, I dropped my jaw and my remote control and said, you said the fucking quiet part out loud. The fuck are you doing? What do you mean, of course? He's only getting a second chance because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. Like, so you're literally, literally admitting that, yeah, I mean, if he was like a backup quarterback or something like that, we'd probably never touch the fucking guy. But because he can throw the fucking... Which, we know how it works. Nobody's stupid. Everyone understands that, listen, if you can do something amazing with a ball in a sport then you get a lot of leeway that other people in society may not get. But you you, you can't say that. You, you can't say, well, yeah, we only give him a chance because look at the way that motherfucker throws a football. Yeah, he can have fucking 82 assault accounts. Like, I, I don't care. Can he score touchdowns for the Browns? That's the only question we're asking, man. You know what I mean? Like, fucking, so not not great, right? Not great. But then he starts to dig deeper and dig deeper. And he goes, you know, you want to talk about second chances? I mean, hell, we gave uh, Kareem Hunt a second chance. And I'm like, bro, you're not helping your case. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we like people like this so much. We found another domestic abuser. And uh, we decided, hey, you want to come play on our team? I mean, we're, we're basically getting... Uh, the mean machines together from longest yard like we're like we're ready to go and like 
everything that I'm saying is half tongue in cheek. Like I'm not Stephen A. I don't need the fucking comments and and the fucking messages. Like I'm I'm making a farce out of a situation that is pretty ludicrous in itself. But bringing up Kareem Hunt is not helping your sales pitch. Like it's it's not helping your sales pitch to try to say, hey, we're not bad guys who just give opportunities to anyone. You know, I mean. You know, this guy, whatever. I mean, of course, well, yeah, because he's a great quarterback. But, I mean, and that uh, that other guy, like, yeah, he had trouble too. And we had, like, like, what are you doing? Just shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Like, and don't get me wrong. The Browns will continue to play football. The NFL will continue to make money. This guy will make money. All the owners will make money. But just, like, just why? Just, just shut the fuck up. Like, why do you have to insert yourself? into situations where you you weren't even there like you have a general manager at the podium who is paid a lot of money and is is prepared to answer any kind of question do you think he's not capable of the job do you think that like like why why do you just have to come insert yourself into situations where nobody fucking asked and if they did ask, they were asking to fuck control you so that you would come say stupid shit like this. When you have that kind of money and you run those kind of organizations, your statements should be released through a fucking PR agency. Even if it's an in-house team. Like, whatever it is. Like, just shut the fuck up. End scene. Now, one last thing on the Watson thing before we get out of the Browns. You know, Tony Busby is or was the attorney for the young women who were filing the lawsuits against Deshaun Watson. Now, when the punishment came down, he said that this was such a disgrace, the NFL should never let him play again, and what kind of message is the NFL sending and they let him off the hook and etc etc just like oh how could they how could they cave and give him any kind of you know how could they concede how could they make a deal how could they do anything motherfucker you settled 21 of 22 lawsuits what the fuck are you talking about you're a hypocrite you're a hypocrite like what are you talking about are you giving that same speech to your clients who were like, no, I want to I wanna settle and be done with this. And you're like, no, you're letting him off the hook. Don't do it. Let's take his ass to trial. Did you give him that conversation? Maybe you didn't do a good enough job because you let your clients off the hook who let him off the hook. So you're a fucking hypocrite. Shut the fuck up. So speaking of hypocrites, let's stay on that topic. A lot of cuts are happening around the NFL right now. Some are players who were just kind of on the bubble and they weren't good enough. Rookies, young guys, aging guys. Some players are players that are just making too much money and it doesn't make sense when you can kind of almost replace their talent for a fraction of the cost. Teams are going to try to do that, which is well within their rights. But I want to send a message to the hypocrites. So every year there are players who signed some rookie deal or maybe they signed a, a big free agency contract, you know, a couple years ago, etc. Say they signed a five-year contract, but only 
two of those years is guaranteed money, which means it's a two-year fucking contract, right? As we'll get back to in a second. And in year two, that player says, listen, I just played two seasons for you guys. Like, I killed it, went to the Pro Bowl, I hit all these achievement marks. I'd like to renegotiate. Half of Twitter and the social media world goes, you need to honor the contract that you signed. If you say you're going to play for five years, you play for whatever they said they're going to pay you for five years. Alright. I have no problem with someone who has a different opinion than me. If you think, listen, I said I'm going to be here for five years. I said that I was okay with this money. I'm going to take that fucking money and I, I got to learn to live with it. Alright. But, if you're one of those people who say that and you think those people are being selfish because they way outperformed their contract and now they're like top two, top three at their position and they're getting paid like the 20th or the 25th. If you think that is selfish for them to renegotiate for overperforming, then when they underperform and the owners say, listen, I know we signed you to a five-year deal, but we're going to go ahead and cut you after two years then you need to keep that same fucking energy with the owners you need to keep that same energy when the owner says yeah i'm gonna save eight million dollars and i'm gonna cut you have a nice life good luck out on the waiver wires why the owner says that he was gonna sign you to a five-year deal and you only played two years why would that owner cut you like that, shouldn't that owner honor the contract that he signed? Now, I want to be very clear. I don't think the owner should honor that contract. I think if you want to cut a guy, fucking cut the guy. That's your right. As a business person making a decision, as someone who's running an NFL organization, hey, this guy's not up to snuff for the money. I'm going to cut him. If there's dead money, there's dead money. If there's not, if the guaranteed money's gone, perfect. And technically, that's where you get into your technicalities. Technically, he was only guaranteed money for the first two. So I know I told him five, but he knew it was two. He knew, he knew, he knew unless he overplayed the contract. And then I'd say, fuck you, you, you play for exactly what I paid you. So I have no problem. I don't want people to come at me and say, no, if they, if they want to cut a guy after two years, if he's not worth the money, they should cut. Yes, they should. A hundred percent. But you keep that same energy when a guy going into year three says, all right, I am now top two, top five in the league, and you signed me when I was, you know, top 50, and now I'm way up here, I would like to be compensated appropriately. You better not open your fucking mouth and say that that guy's being selfish and that, no, because guess what? If he played the other way, he could be cut and he could be fired looking for a job. So why do you protect the billionaires? Well, that's within their right. But then the millionaires, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to feel bad for a millionaire who has like $12 million a year and he wants to get his third year guaranteed, like, go cry me a river. Well, why? But see, that's the thing. You, you don't see the owners. You see the players. They're on your social media feed. They're out in view and so you're like oh look at this guy he's a millionaire he's got all kinds of money so you don't you don't associate that when the team a, t a team cuts someone 
that it's it's an owner it's a human being who's a billionaire who's ultimately in charge of that organization and who's saving that money like the team is saving that money for the owner so why do we have different feelings towards one group and different feelings towards the other group. Now, there are some people who uh, I know exactly why they have those fucking feelings, but there are others who just may be conflicted and confused, and maybe they don't know why they have those feelings. But look at them the same way. I think that a team should be able to cut a guy whenever the fuck they want. It's your business. You can cut anybody whenever you want. You're underperforming your contract? Gone. But that goes both ways. Players overperforming his contract? Boom. He can renegotiate. Just like if you were at your job and you all of a sudden some people got fired, maybe you were, quote, a backup. Maybe you were doing a different role and all of a sudden somebody's gone and you got to fill in for somebody who does a job three times harder than you and you've got to go through all this stuff. And then after six months or a year, you might say, hey, I would like my wages to reflect the job that I'm currently doing, not what I was hired to do. And... You may look at that completely different because, oh, these guys get millions. But if you look at it with perspective and say, okay, I got hired at $30,000 a year. Now I'm doing the job of someone who makes $60,000 a year. It's the same thing as someone who's making $3 million a year and is now doing the production and the work of someone in the NFL making $6 million a year. Like, it's the same fucking thing. So all I ask is don't be a hypocrite. If you say the players are being selfish and the owners are being selfish, fine. If you say the players aren't being selfish, they're open to negotiate and the and the teams are open to cut anybody, then that's also fine too. But just don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite because we know you're not fooling anybody. But let's move on from the hypocrites and the Browns and all the bullshit and let's talk about the New York Jets. So, Jets-Falcons, very interesting game. I really liked it because it got very physical. Lots of running around hitting people. It was fantastic. My concern was watching Bryce Hall, who got burnt to a crisp several occasions, including the 52-yard to Kyle Pitts out the gate. And, I mean, it wasn't like uh, he just kind of took a bad, bad position. Like, like he got worked like a fucking 9-to-5, man. So that was, that was not great to see. Um, but... I did see a lot of promise out of Jets defensive players. I saw guys obviously playing for their roster spots and coming up and laying the fucking wood on people. Like, it definitely felt like that Robert Sala-type defense that you would expect. Like, that's what I've been waiting to see out of the Jets is, like, where's your identity? Where is, you know, who you're going to be as this kind of team? And so I'm hoping that that carries into the regular season and that's who the Jets are, smash mouth, just beat you up fucking football team. That would be great to see. And as a reminder, anybody who is in the New York area, I will be at the Jets-Dolphins um, game in October. So let's try to link up and shots on you, bro, for sure. So sticking with the AFC East, how about my man Bill Belichick? So Bill Belichick it's just fucking fascinating to me. Like, I don't even know emotionally what to do with him sometimes because he continually finds the most subtle, most simple ways to say, 
Uh, go fuck yourself. Like, that's his answer. Every question he's ever been asked is, well, you know, I mean, pretty much just go fuck yourself. That's his answer. Well, who's who's going to be calling the offense? Uh, I mean, you know, go fuck yourself. Like, if you listen carefully, that's what he's saying every fucking time. Are you going to be the one calling the plays? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, go fuck yourself. Like, that's what he's, every, every fucking answer, man. But he finds 9,000 words to change up and to use to say go fuck yourself. And it's, it's truly an art form. It, I mean, this motherfucker weaves in go fuck yourself responses the way somebody weaves tapestry. Like, the way Michelangelo paints, this is how Bill Belichick completely deflects a question and just doesn't answer shit. You could ask him, Bill, is your first name Bill? Well, you know, I mean, people call me different things, and, you know, I, we got the uh, Bengals next week, so we're going to look at some different things, but, you know, that's what that is. Like, that's how he answers that question, which, again, is just go fuck yourself, Tony. Go fuck yourself, Sam. Barbara, go fuck yourself. Like, that's every, every single time. Like, that's exactly what it is, and it's just, it's amazing. I'm going to have to really, like, do some kind of montages and, and clip something up because it's just like, he knows what he's doing. They know what he's doing. The reporters at this point got to be like, why am I showing up? Like, why, why am I even here? Like, I wonder if he has a secret goal. Like, how many people can I get to quit? How many people can I say, take me off assignment? Because he's never going to give me shit. He's never going to tell me anything. Even if I ask him, you know, what he had for dinner last night, you know, well, you know, you know, people eat different things and, you know, whatever's best for the team. That's, that's what we're going to do. So, like, it's just phenomenal for me to watch. But ah, let's move on to another AFC East team. Let's talk about them Miami Dolphins. So, Tua finally got some action. He didn't have his weapons. You know, I would have loved to see him with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson. Um, but even with the backups, he looked very crisp for the Dolphins. I would be in shock at this point, though, if the Dolphins don't pick up a couple of linemen in the next couple of weeks. I know a lot of people are going to get cut for money reasons or, you know, for whatever. And you, you've already seen uh, the Jaguars have traded for alignment, the Cardinals have traded for alignment from Buffalo. Uh, pieces are moving and calls are going to start to be made as we get down. We're already down to 80. By this coming Tuesday, it has to be down to 53. So there are a lot of guys trying. These teams are holding on to some pieces that they're going to cut because they're like, oh, maybe I can get a trade value for one of these guys. And remember, it doesn't always necessarily mean that someone who's cut was shit at the position. It could be, first of all, you just are loaded at depth at that position. So if you're loaded, for example, Miami is loaded at the wide receiver room. There's a good to fair chance that somebody is calling for one of their wide receivers. I'm not telling you they're going to get a second round or a third round pick, but you see a lot of these guys moving for sixth round picks, seventh round conditionals, stuff like that. So Miami has a very good wide receiver room, and there's a lot of other teams out there that have depth at linemen or linebackers. So that's where it's like, okay, we can only keep so many guys on the roster. Is there a team willing to, you know, kind of part with something right now? If not, well, then we cut them. So that's one of the reasons that somebody ends up on the block. The other is just pure dollars and cents. So somebody, again, is on a veteran minimum contract. 
somebody who's making you know four million dollars a year whatever it is and you've got a couple of second year guys who are, aren't making shit they're on practically league minimum they're guys that can pretty much hold their own uh, maybe not as good as that veteran guy but they're just guys who came up through your system and worked really well and now they're they're kind of ready to step into that spot and and grow so therefore you cut the veteran salary so there are going to be opportunities i expect the dolphins to jump all over that in the next couple weeks again i'd be completely shocked if they didn't um, because it's just the biggest glaring need on what is otherwise a very well-bit roster i mean all the way down to skylar thompson their third-string quarterback who went 9 for 10, 129 yards and a touchdown. I see you, Skylar Thompson. I see you fucking working, boy. Keep doing your thing, man. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens flock. 22 straight now is the win streak in preseason. Now, I know that doesn't mean shit. Preseason wins don't count. Like There's no trophy for that. But for whatever reason, if you're a degenerate gambler like me, it's something that you roll with. So, having said that, let's talk about what they're doing on the field. Isaiah Likely, this dude is burning up the charts. So, it's very concerning to people who have Mark Andrews shares because there is no way you're keeping this guy off the field this season. There is no fucking way. And I understand the Ravens use a lot of two tight end sets, so there'll be opportunities for both of those guys to get on the field. Um... But there's definitely going to be some eatage into Mark Andrews' touches, targets, etc. It's going to happen. So whereas normally I have Mark Andrews as an excuse me easily top three tight end in fantasy, if not you know overall, with Isaiah likely coming on so strong, man, that's got to drop him out of the top five. Like it's just you know. It is not a knock on Mark Andrews. It's just like this this kid, Isaiah Likely, is fucking amazing and likely to fuck up my fantasy draft. So that's all I'm going to say on that topic. But switch over to another AFC North team and talk about Kenny Pickett. So starting to shine a little bit for the Steelers, man. I'm liking the swag. I'm liking, you know, some of his recognition of the plays and everything else like that. So... Um, I'm also really excited to see Pat Freermuth this season. I think the Muth is going to get a much bigger role in the Steelers' offense, and that could be someone who's definitely creeping up your boards in fantasy and somebody to kind of keep an eye on there. Now, let's talk about Derwin James. Four-year, $76.5 million. Uh, great, great new deal for the Charger and... You know, that's going to be really great to have him locked down for a while. The only unfortunate news that we got out of Chargers camp, though, is that J.C. Jackson unfortunately did suffer an injury, and it looks like he is out, I think, two to four weeks. Um, I'll have to double-check, but just not great news, for which for me, J.C. Jackson is easily one of the best DBs in the NFL, and it was a huge get for the Chargers, and you pair him with... Derwin James, you pair him with Joey Bosa, um, it's just that defense can be phenomenal. So hopefully J.C. Jackson gets healthy sooner rather than later and is ready to go and, and help the Chargers. By the way, 
this is this is random but as I'm thinking about it because I don't want to forget last week um, I had said that Khalil Mack was on the Bears and I was a little bit drunker than I am tonight which I, I, I don't feel I'm drunk I'm a little buzzed but I'm not drunk um, so I just wanted to apologize because if it was like the first time you're ever listening to this show and you're like, this guy don't even know where Khalil Mack plays. Like, how fucking smart can he be about NFL shit? Like, listen, fucking I know my shit. I just, from time to time, may confuse Vance Joseph with, who was the fucking coach I, I confused him with? It was Vance Joseph and Todd Bowles. Yeah, those were the two. Both used to be coaches for the Dolphins and there's other similar history. Um, it's not because they're black, okay? But sadly, I confused those two once. Um, every once in a while, I get one, okay? But see, that's the shit you get out of this show. A normal show would go back and be like, oh, I fucked that up. Let's, let's take that out of there. No, man. I wear my L's on my sleeve. Like, it's no problem. Ain't no problem. Like, we all make mistakes. So I just want to do a tone for that. Um, I do indeed know that Khalil Mack is not on the Chicago Bears anymore. So, having said that, let's talk about some other bullshit that be going around on the internet. It blew up Twitter the other night when Dana White said that Tom Brady and Gronk were going to play for the Las Vegas Raiders. He had a deal put together, and now all of a sudden Dana White is the worker of deals and you know, because he's got like a box out there in the Raiders or whatever. But I'm just like, again, rich white people with the name white. Shut the fuck up. Because apparently in 2020, Tom Brady was going to play for the Raiders. Apparently in 2020, he was going to play for the 49ers. Look it up. Apparently in 2020, he was going to play for the Saints. Look it up. Apparently, in 2020, he was going to play for the Dolphins. Look it up. So, everybody was, like, so close. It almost happened, you know. And then, you know, Sean Payton. And then there's a, you know. And then 49ers said, no, nah, we're going to stick with Jimmy G. And then, you know, like, like so miss me with all this, like, every fucking team he was going to almost play for. Like, fuck you, man. Like, I, I almost dated Olivia Munn, okay. But John Mulaney got there first. So, fuck it. What are you going to do? Like, this, this is nonsense. It's just, it's pure nonsense, and we don't need to talk about it. Something we do need to talk about is how atrocious some of these preseason game announcers are. Now listen, I'm going to be very clear. I am not saying I could do a better job. But, you know, I think that Taco Bell's food is shit. And I don't eat it. But that doesn't mean I was going somewhere with that. I don't I don't know why I just slandered Taco Bell. It just it was in the back of my mind. I'm sorry Taco Bell, I didn't mean it. I just but your food is really shit. Anyways, point is there are announcers doing these local preseason games that ends up getting broadcast nationally or through your NFL apps and some of them are great, some of them are really good, and some of them also are experienced and know what they're doing, etc. And some of them are trash. We talked last week about the one guy who I just, I felt like it was my buddy watching a game and just talking nonsense, and it was just, it was really bad. But, 
there was somebody calling the Vikings game this past week. And I'm not here to start Twitter beefs and dead name people and say, oh, this person, uh, you know, whatever. Like, it's not about that. It's just about, like, damn. Like, who listens to this and says, yep, that's okay. I, I give that my vote of confidence. So one of the people who was calling the Vikings game, and there were several of them, and I won't say which one, but it was so bad, and it, it wasn't anything they were saying. Like, they sounded, you know, fairly intelligent and, like, knew what they were talking about. But it was, it was the timbre. It was, it was the, well, thank you, John. And, you know, one of the things that I think that the Vikings need to do this year is they got, and I was just like, God, it was like nails on a fucking chalkboard. I was like, what journalism school in 1942 did you go to where everyone's got to talk like Walter fucking Conkright? Like, what is this? Why are you speaking at me like this? I mean, I don't, I don't understand. And the person is definitely old enough that they could have went to school with Walter Cronkite. I don't, I don't fucking know. But it was just, yes, John, and that's exactly why I talk in my fucked up voice, because that makes football better. No, it doesn't. Just, just stop doing that. Just, just stop doing that. And this isn't a hate on like, oh, geez, like, I love Al Michaels. I love some of the older guys that are still calling games. Like, they, they do amazing fucking jobs. Amazing jobs. Like, you talk shit about Al Michaels, you got to deal with me. Okay? But some of these people, I'm just like, why are we talking like this? I don't like it. Not one bit. So that's my rant on that. Now, something I really want to fucking rant about, and I've been waiting all week. I've been waiting all week for this bullshit. So I go on ESPN the other night, and they're having their, like, media fantasy football draft. It's like a three-hour draft. And they've got everybody is on there. Schefter is on there. Uh, Field Yates is on there. Uh, Mina Kimes is on there. They've got, like, the, the whole ESPN crew. Like, all of them, right? They've got ten people in a fantasy draft. And when I first turned it on, I was like, oh, this is interesting, especially because most of these people are writing about football, they're writing about fantasy, they're covering these things, they may have podcasts about these things. So it's really interesting to see, like, okay, the chips are on the table now, you're actually drafting, let me see who you take when given the options or of who's on the board. It's interesting to watch, or I thought it would be. Then I realized a little ways through because a couple people made some comments that I don't think they were supposed to make. I think the producer in their ear was like, don't, 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 don't say that shit. So let me tell you about some of the comments. They were saying things like, well, you know, if we were going to actually play this league out, I probably wouldn't make this pick right now. But since we're not, I think I'm going to go with player blank. And I was like, I'm sorry, What? So this isn't a real league. So this is just, and fuck me for being stupid enough to think that anything that was happening live was actually happening and that it wasn't written by writers and scripted out, um, you know, and they had all rehearsed their reactions to, what? Oh my gosh, you took Juju? That's crazy. He was going to be my pick. Like, 
No, the whole thing was fucking scripted out. It was bogus. It was whatever. Which I don't have a problem per se with that. It's more in like how they presented what what was what was happening. So, anyways, these ten people sit around for three hours, go through this ridiculous draft that none of them are ever going to play these teams, and none of them are ever going to actually draft in this manner in any kind of real fantasy draft, which was completed perfectly by the fact that in the 10th round, someone took Trey Lance off the board when Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were still on the board. And it's like, all right, if you're not going to at least pretend draft the way that you would real draft, then what's the fucking point of this show? You're just spending network money and you're like, it's on ESPN, they have to watch it. They'll watch anything we put on the show. Even if it's like, you know, high school teams that don't even exist. They'll watch anything. Fuck them. Like, it was ridiculous. And shame on you. Shame on ESPN, which I don't watch a lot of ESPN in the first place. I stick to my NFL network, mainly because MJ Acosta is my homegirl. She paid all her fucking dues, busted her ass, worked really hard to get to where she is, and she kills it, she slays it, and plus, good morning football and all this, like NFL network, that's just like, that's my zone, that's my lane, that's where I stay in. So, but, give you a chance ESPN, you fucked it up, you ruined it, so I'm done. Now, what I'm not going to say is, I'm canceling my cable (laughs) fucking subscription. Like, these people on Twitter amaze me. Like, I always see this shit where, like, someone posted, there was something about Deshaun Watson, and, you know, obviously, you know, he's playing for the Browns, and someone is like, that's it, I just canceled my NFL ticket. (gasps) Oh, no. You did? Bill from Nebraska? How will the NFL ever survive there's no way they can make it without you bill please don't do this what can we do to earn back your patronage like nobody cares nobody cares so maybe both rich white men and poor white men should both shut the fuck up how about that like just nobody cares man nobody cares and i'm sure some people might be saying well who gives a fuck about what you say I don't know, people in 41 countries apparently give a fuck about what I say because they're, they're listening right now as we speak. And I, I'm with you. I, I think it's stupid. I think I have a few opinions. Some of them are good. Some of them sometimes may be good, sometimes may be shit. But you know what? People seem to like it, so I keep doing it for the fucking people. But this, that's it. I'm boycotting the NFL. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, man. Like, you can go parade all day and boycott the NFL. Nobody cares. It's still going to continue to fly into the stratosphere with the amount of money they're making. And trust me, like that's a problem for me because I understand and I know that the more they fly into the stratosphere, the less they care about the end user, the less they care about the brand that they're actually putting out, the less they care about how we all feel about the ultimate product. They don't really care. They do a bunch of market research, and then they throw it in the garbage can. And I know that for a fact because I've been part of market research for NFL organizations that they took in a bunch of information, 
and they literally flushed it down the toilet and did nothing with what the information was telling them. So, that being said, it's 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 all a farce and it's fine. But no no one cares, Bill. No no one cares that you canceled your NFL network or your your NFL direct TV package like they'll they'll be fine without you. It's okay. But you 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 stay true to the cause, man. And I don't I don't want to ever see you tweet about the NFL again cuz you're boycotting, remember? I don't want to see, oh man, you know, and miss that field goal we should Why are you watching? You boycotted. Remember? You boycott. It's not like cigarettes where you say you're like, "Okay, I'm quitting, but I'm just like quitting buying them, you know, but I'll bum one off somebody. I just don't buy them for myself anymore." So, like I go to my neighbor's house to watch the game, but I canceled my NFL Sunday ticket. Like, go fuck yourself. Again, hypocrites, hypocrites everywhere, everywhere. But let's talk about something good. Let's talk about hooking up the people with some awesome shit. So, you know one of the big things that we do on this show is anytime we get some money, we try to spend it uh, where we can on the NFL fans. So, recently, we did a Funko Pop contest. And we got lots of Funko Pops, all 32 teams, and we said, hey, retweet it, tag a friend, follow us. Let's see if we can hook somebody up. So that contest has ended, and we have pulled a name. And the name of the winner for the Funko Pop contest is at Chase Cooper underscore. So if you are Chase Cooper with no underscore, I'm sorry, unfortunately, you were not selected. If you are at Chase Cooper with the underscore, congratulations. You won. Let us know in the DMs which Funko Pop you'd like, and we will hook you up and make sure that we get that out to you. Um, Other interesting news. You're welcome, by the way, regulators out there regulating around the world. Like, we we try to do this as often as possible. We got a $100 cash contest going right now. If we hit 10K followers by week one, which I think we're around 9,500, like we're close. Like, this isn't an absurd goal. So if we hit that by week one, we're giving $100 to one of our followers. So make sure you go find that post. Maybe tag some friends. Say, hey, let's get this fucking done. Hook somebody up with $100. That's a New Jersey. That's maybe tickets to a game somewhere, depending on how shitty your team is. But, you know, we're going to try to keep hooking you guys up. And as we get into season, you already know. You know it's going to be fucking balls to the wall. So let's talk about some crazy things going on. High school players signing with agents, getting deals. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Sooner or later, we're going to have to do an entire show just dedicated to name, image, likeness deals and all kinds of things. I think it's amazing. It's incredible. We are literally changing the landscape of what professional sports looks like as far as the, uh, what's the word where you like get somebody into something, like the pipeline and all of those things. Because make no mistake, if you are a starting quarterback for the University of Alabama, you are a professional athlete. You're just not getting paid. You're you're just not getting paid. But you're a professional athlete. You train like one. You practice like one. You compete like one. You're a professional fucking athlete. So lots of things are starting to happen. Everything's getting shaken up. And that's going to be really fascinating to 
watch as it continues to implode the minds of, again, mostly rich white men. And I'm not, you know, I'm sure people, what does this guy have against rich white men? Nothing. I hope to be one someday. But I just know to shut the fuck up. And when things are, you know, in the wrong, like, I'll be like yeah, that's probably fucked up. Like, let's just, you know, let's, let's do what we got to do and do the right thing. So talking about people who don't do the right thing, you know, a lot of me is petty. Like, I may play a cool guy, you know, but like, I get petty. I get petty from time to time. So sometimes I like to watch my enemies fail. Like, not not in a sense that like I spend a lot of time and energy on it because that's not good, but sometimes it just comes across your desk and you notice it and you're like, oh, eh, that's nice. So one I found interesting last week was there was somebody on Twitter who when they started out on Twitter, maybe in the past year sometime, um... They gained a nice little following. They got up to around, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand followers, you know, which is nothing to sneeze at. You know, that's really great. And they were following a lot of people and they were in some live spaces with me and some other people that I know. And they were, you know, growing their brand and trying to do their thing. And it was cool. Like, I, I always, you know, can appreciate anybody who's out there trying to do their thing. But then here's all what happened. I went to message that person at one point or, you know, talk to them about something because I hadn't seen them on the timeline or something. And then I go and realized, oh, they they weren't following me. And I was like, that's kind of odd. Like, we've had a lot of conversations. And did I say something? Did I offend them? And then I realized, oh, they're not really following anybody. They had basically unfollowed everybody who had followed them except for like five people like five people, so that it would appear if you just came across their page, oh, I'm only following five people, but I got like 2,000 who follow me. I must be like, I don't know, man, popular and like cool or something. So, you know, it was like, well, that's, that's fucked up. And I had even, I don't want to get into the rest of this story because then I'm going to out that person and like that's not what this is about and I don't want to out that, that person. But the point is, I know what they did. I know exactly what they did, how they did it, and why they did it. So it's like, all right, cool. They're not following me. I'll need, I'll need to, you know, carry on with them and whatever. I'll go about my day. So I went about my life. Everything was fine. Hadn't really heard anything. And then that person commented on one of my posts or on somebody else's post where I was in the conversation or something. So I got a notification. I saw that person. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember this person and I clicked and their followers were like 80% gone. Like they were down to like fucking nothing. And it just gave me a giggle. Like I really appreciate it because like you turned your back on the people who got you there. Like you thought you got up to a couple thousand followers and you're like, ah, look at me. I'm a big shot. Like fucking no, nah. you were never a big shot. You were engaging with other people who also like to talk football, they enjoyed those conversations with you and you had back and forth and it was helping you grow a brand. And then you said, that's it. I don't need you anymore. That was fucking dumb. That was sus as hell. And that was an amateur rookie fucking move. So I was very happy to see this fucking idiot back down in the realms of where the fuck they belong, man. People will turn on you, man, but not us. We never do our homies like that. We never stop hooking you guys up. And we've never, like, 
not even like not responded to a comment not responded to, you know like sometimes i mean if i'm dying somewhere or like asleep you know in a drunken stupor somewhere like maybe maybe i don't respond for a little bit but we are so quick to respond to messages and conversations and questions and no matter how dumb they may appear um you know we join the conversation and we're we're always uh we look forward to those conversations and talking with you guys about football so could never be us could never be us for sure. So make sure you find us on Twitter at Regulators Pod. Join in the conversation. Also, if you are a joiner and you're looking to join in on things, check out our season long NFL Pick'em. So it's only $25 for the entire season. It's all run through the CBS Sports app. It's really cool. And basically, you just DM me, you tell me that you want to get in. Send me the 25 bucks. I'll send you a private link to get into the club. And then from there, it's going to be an awesome season. 75% of the winnings go to first place. 25% goes to second. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you get in on that. Other than that, that's all I got for you guys this week. I'm hyped about the new episode of Hard Knocks. I'm hype about uh, one more week of preseason. And I'm hype as fuck that my first and my only real fantasy draft is this weekend. It's going to be a crazy shit show with the boys. Three days out of town, man. It's going to get crazy. And I can't, I can't fucking wait. I'm going to post a bunch of pictures. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. So, I hope your week is fucking legendary. I love the shit out of all of you guys. Please find us on Twitter. Come talk some shit. And you know how we go out every week. So say that shit with your chest. <laughs>